Today's guest on the Travel Punks podcast is Tice Sniffins, founder of Idea Mountain and inventor of the Journey Travel Packing System. From a yurt on his off-the-grid compound, Tice flips the script and starts interviewing me as we discuss dance shoe shopping, losing my luggage between Berlin and Stockholm, and the ingenious backpack-within-a-backpack modular design of The Journey, the only luggage a seasoned traveler really needs. You can buy The Journey travel packing system at ideamountain.com. That's ideamountain.com. In addition to following our podcast, make sure to follow the Travel Punks YouTube channel, hit the bell icon so you get notifications of our new videos, follow the Travel Punks on Facebook, and on Instagram, follow at Credit Carson and at Paul Greenemeyer. Uh, I, I was one of those evil Californians who relocated to Texas to make, oh, to make Texas bad again. <laughs> or I don't know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You're you're in California though, right? I am. Yeah, near Santa Cruz. Beautiful out I'm there. I'm in I'm in my yurt here in the redwoods right now. You got a yurt? Yep, yep. You live in a yurt? Well, I used to live in the yurt. We my wife and I built our house by hand. That's this whole other origin story thing. Um so alternative house built in on our by ourselves off the grid, blah blah blah, 4 miles from the pavement. And while we were building the house, we lived here in the yurt. Yeah. So your yurt is now more of a vacation home or a guest house or a second home? Exactly. Is it on yep, the pro- yep. is it on the property? Yeah, it's like 20 yards from the house. But your house is 4 miles off road, completely off grid? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah this, I, sh- I, sh- I should have had, I should have had a better follow-up. I'm failing as an interviewer right now. But, no, that's uh, okay. It's what not, le- it's what like led to that, that decision? Uh, well, it was, it was one of those things where, um, we were living in San Francisco being, uh, the, the cool hipsters and all that jazz. Like you do living it like one does. And, um, we were in, uh, a 500 square foot apartment and, uh, this is a weird segue, but my folks died and I sold the house I grew up in and I had this little chunk of money in 2005. And, um, that wouldn't get you any, that wouldn't get you a parking space in San Francisco, even in 2005. Right. And my wife was like, well, we have always talked about someday when we move to the woods, like in, a, in that kind of joking way you do with your young wife, like Henry David going, Thoreau. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah, going to live right, that life. Right. Right. And so, um, she said, well, why don't we just skip ahead and do that? And that like <laughs> blew my mind. And I was like, yeah, we could like we could buy a farm in Southern Spain or like somewhere like a, a, a put out an Airbnb. Not, it was <laughs> you went all Airbnb, out. But yeah. I was like, Whoa, let's she un- she unle- your wife unleashed the, the Kraken yeah, uh, of yeah. the, uh, the, the travel and remote living aspirations. Exactly. Exactly. And then she was like, Hey, you know, my maybe we dial live, it back. <laughs> yeah. My parents live here in San Jose. So maybe we draw a circle around this part of the map. And I'm like, oh. And um, you're and at I a 10. Be... I want you to dial it back to a seven. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Oh my God. But um, but we were uh, you know, it's been great to be near her parents. And then also it was a easier transition, you know, being near the San Jose International Airport, let alone the San Francisco International Airport, let alone being able to drive to San Francisco and meet somebody for lunch and go out and spend, you know, weekends and stuff there has been a great aspect of our 
of our life until the pandemic. So, um, well, you're not yeah. having trouble socially distancing, I assume. I'm still exactly. stuck on. I'm still stuck on. The, do you have like a four mile long dirt driveway or something? Well, yes, basically, it's um, the road is getting better. I'm also the president of the road association because yeah. there's about a how many how many loyal subjects do you have? <laughs> I have ninety nine. Not unloyal subjects. Uh, <laughs> Ninety nine disloyal complainers who uh, disloyal that's always want a piece of you. Okay, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and it's uh so the Santa Cruz Mountains, as this area is called, is weirdly rural for how close we are to Silicon Valley. Yeah, and we're just one too many hills away for the dot com guys to buy and build mansions. That's so, so funny. up here. Yeah, it's it's all guns and marijuana up here. Uh-huh. There's but a lot like, of that. Just, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry. I just one hill over. It's uh, they're on the pavement. Yeah, and uh, there's it's all cloud and, services and, and marijuana. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that in Central Texas too. You do not have to like north and south. You'll keep on running into city, but you don't have to drive too far east and west before your only neighbor is like a cow. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's right. I remember now. You're from Austin. I, I, I'm from I San Diego. You li- you I grew live, up in, I grew up in, in San Austin. Diego, but I live in Austin yeah. now. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I've been here for about 13 years. And of course, there's Californians flocking by, uh, flocking by the millions yeah. to Texas and to Central Texas. Of course, uh, it's going to be even worse now that uh, now that Joe Rogan moved out here. And he's moving all, all, all his comedian friends. But um, uh-huh. I, I have an Instagram post about this coming out soon. So look for that. <laughs> this all is right. weird, weird thing to preview an Instagram post on a podcast. But I guess I don't know. Hey. I, I never said I actually knew how to do this shit. We're all winging it. We're all... We're right. all uh, no, you are hi- got a hype on multiple channels. That's exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Pushing it up. All the hype. But... Um, yeah, being a Californian moving to Texas is like the one time I've been ahead of the curve. The one time I did something before it was cool and then it became yep, yep. cool. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. I moved to San Francisco in 98, which was kind of like mid dot com bubble, original dot com bubble. So I mm-hmm. wouldn't say I was a trendsetter myself, but I definitely Were you saw in that happen. Uh, I still, I wasn't when I moved there. Um, and I, and I, for my first job was actually kind of, it was, it was tech E, but it was really in consulting HR consulting, mm-hmm. um, help helping companies hire people. And we used com- a computer program. This was almost like before the internet, like before mm-hmm. people, it was, a, we would put the, the program on a three by five disc and mail it to people because they didn't have the internet where they were and they would pop it in their computer and use the program and then like fax us the results. That is a very old sentence. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got in our covered wagons and and hit the uh, Oregon trail and Abigail died of diphtheria. Exactly. Yep. Yep. That was was a grim, that that was a grim game. A lot of, a lot of people dying of diseases you never heard of. And then you go for travel vaccinations and you're like, okay, we need to vaccinate you for yellow fever. And you're like, that's what, that's what pa died of. (laughs) That's right. Marketing well, bag, your trigger you. warning for the Oregon Trail <laughs> enthusiasts among us. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. I think it's a, it's important for you know people sitting in their warm, comfortable houses in their on their couches to understand how hard it was in those days. We 
You, know? you could have died of dysentery. Yeah. Oh, God. A lot Leaking of people everywhere. A lot, lot, yeah. lot, lot of that's still going on in the world, unfortunately. We've got a long way to go. Um, yeah. Done a lot of traveling before the pandemic or even during the pandemic? I have not done much during at all. Again, we were sheltering in place before it was cool. Mm-hmm. So it, it seemed almost, um, it seems like it would be too ironic or too stupid is a simpler way to say it to, to be the person who catches it from, because I went on some adventure mm-hmm. when I've got the, you know, the 20 acres the, yeah. of, of shelter. So yeah, we've been pretty darn careful about it. Well, Which, irony and stupidity are two of my biggest strengths. So <laughs> I've been, I've been, uh, I've been on two international trips since the pandemic. And if you think that that's because I'm recklessly brave, um, reckless maybe, brave not so much because mm. I definitely had bouts of anxiety and paranoia and being like, "What am I doing?" Like, yeah, I, I I'll do things to make a point. I'll do things to make a stupid joke on my Instagram profile, and I'll do th- I'll like commit myself to doing things, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this, but I'll just buy the ticket and see what happens. <laughs> So I'll, well, like, I'll, like, I'll like book a flight and be like, that's a problem for four weeks from now, Paul. And when the flight comes up, I'm like, damn it, four weeks ago, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Committing me well, to this bullshit. Cool. Yeah. I think that's yeah, a, how I met well, your mother joke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think, I think that's, uh, um, you know, that's where all the good stories come from, mm-hmm. is, is pushing the envelope, stuff like that. And that's actually, I mean, you asked me about my travel, but I actually wanted to find out a bit more about yours, too. I think, you know, from the, from the a podcast that I've listened to of, of yours, mostly what you're doing a great job of is drilling down on what, what the guest is, is doing and has done and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I picked up a few uh, uh, tidbits about your life as I was listening to stuff. But <laughs> so tell me, can I start asking? Ah, the tables okay? are turning. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you can ask me questions. That, yeah. Well, so. So let's just go work backwards. What were the trips? You took two international trips in the last uh-huh. year? Yes. Uh, I, went to th- I, went, I went to Turkey in November. Oh. Uh, nice. To, Which yeah, parts? Istanbul. Just Istanbul. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kicked it there. I didn't really have a whole... I didn't really have... I'm not the best traveler in the world. <laughs> I, I talk about this shit. I didn't say I know how to do it. But <laughs> Turkey was one of the first countries that opened up to international travelers, including Americans. So mm-hmm. I felt like I owed it to myself and maybe to them and maybe to the world. I mean, obviously the world needs me, but uh, you know, my trip to Istanbul was just going to change lives or maybe just get me sick, but I didn't get sick. So I went to Turkey because it was one of the only options. I mean, yeah. At the time, at the time that I booked, the only places that were available for travel were Turkey and the Maldives, and I think maybe Mexico. And by the time I actually got to go, some more places had opened up. Uh, Brazil was open, but I think it was in a raging coronavirus surge at the time, and still still is. still still is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Colombia was opening up, but there was still a curfew. I don't think there's a curfew there anymore, though. I'm not sure. Don't. Check, like check me on that. At the time, yeah. too, you could also go to Croatia. It was like the one standout in the European Union that was you could still accept visitors and you could even be there for two weeks and test negative and then enter the EU. But Croatia's closed again. There's really nowhere in the EU you can go. 
for a while, you could go to the UK and Ireland, but you'd have to quarantine for two weeks. And I just, I'm not in a headspace to take a long ass trip right now to the point where it would be justified for me to do a two week quarantine. I mean, I would do that right. if I were going for a trip of two or more months, but that's not on my horizon right now. So yeah. went to went to Istanbul. A lot of stuff was closed, but I got to see some sights and get some of the vibe. Maybe I'll come back, but I mean, there's some breathtaking parts of Turkey that I hadn't gotten to yet. I uh, I, I like cities. I'm kind of a city tourist. I mean, you're yeah. you're absolutely never going to find me off the grid in a house four miles from the nearest paved road. Like <laughs> you're never you're, you're never going to find me living in a yurt. That's just the yeah. opposite direction yeah. where I'm going. I'm always trying to get closer and closer to the center of the action. Um, mm. I probably I might have done better going to a place like Bodrum or visiting some of the kind of far away uh, scenery. In Turkey, like the uh, uh, the limestone pools, you know, I'll tend to go places and be like, after the fact, I'll be like, oh, I should have done that. <laughs> I don't yeah, always, yeah. I don't always do my research. I try to just land and experience, which is harder to do with coronavirus because there's a little bit more arms link that some of these cultures are keeping. Everyone's wearing masks. It's just harder, right? Uh, right, right. They want to have more I of an itinerary. Yeah. I kind of yeah, I kind of wanted to make the point that it was doable. So I think that this is a better time compared to visiting the heritage cities, which are awesome in their own right and in better times. But to visit some of the more out of the way places, but that takes a longer trip. Like I really didn't feel like being out of the country for more than a week. So if I were to go for a week and then spend another forty eight hours in transit to a fairly remote location plus i'm always working like yeah. in, be in better times my mo is to you know i work remotely so i'll fly to a city stay for a short time or a long time i keep working and then at night i do the things i do which is go dance or go drinking or you know explore and then maybe do mm -hmm. some sightseeing on the weekends and some of the people i visit think i'm an idiot for doing it that way but i i, I moved heaven and earth to become this uh, remote work, uh, you know, early adopter. So I could do this. This yeah, is why yeah, I yeah. did. This is actually the system working. And people yeah. always ask me if I'm on vacation or if they're British, they'll ask me if I'm on holiday. And my answer <laughs> to that is I don't really take vacations. This is just my life and how I, yeah. how I engineered it. And, you know, I can't stand like all inclusive resorts. I've never been on a cruise, but I assume it would be the same way. Part oh, of it, part yeah. of it though, is just a philosophical difference because if you need that level of artificiality and pampering, just like decompress from your day to day life, something's out of whack with your day to day life. The fact that you need this thing where they like imported peacocks <laughs> and non native flora and fauna, and there's, you know, some. It's you're in Jamaica, but there's a guest worker from the Philippines wearing a lei from Hawaii playing a Jimmy Buffett song <laughs> and a taxi and a tuxedo. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. like, what did you get yourself? Like, uh, I don't want to be a hater about all inclusive resorts, but I kind of do because it's just indicative of a whole thing where people only travel to disconnect. And my way of thinking about that is that there's a resort spa, thirty minutes from where I live on Lake Travis 
and there's luxury, you know, hotels right in downtown Austin. You could save yourself a flight if all you want to do is be pampered and, Mm -hmm. you know, get some different scenery, but not interact with the culture. You know, interacting with the culture is the fun part for me. And it's also one of the parts that's been made hardest by the pandemic. Right, right. Yeah. Like the things like culture in a different place to me is is a lot about about crowds and people and 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 mm-hmm. the cafes and of course dancing. I'm also a dancer. We totally have to talk about that stuff. Yeah, tell me. Um well wait, 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 wait. We gotta go go start. So when you you chose to go to Turkey, you were just like, I'm going somewhere because I can, because that is my life. I'm going. And you looked at the list and you saw Turkey and you're like, I'm just going. Yes. And I went. It, yes, but I, I left out a part because I knew it was available to be done, but I still had anxiety about it. And I'm like, should I do this? Should I really do this? And so I was procrastinating. I was dawdling. <laughs> you know, I could have booked in September. I thought about doing it for my birthday, which is in September. Could have done it in October. Finally, it was getting up on November. I'm like, damn, I'm running out of time to take a international trip this year. I had two trips canceled because of the pandemic, one to Africa mm. and one to, one to Europe. And so I'm like, I'm running out of time. When can I make this happen? Uh, we're coming up on the end of the year. I'm going to have stuff in December. Pretty much the only time I'm going to have to take this trip is like right around Thanksgiving week. And I already knew that I wasn't going home for Thanksgiving. I never really go home for Thanksgiving. I usually go home for Christmas. That got preempted. But then as I was looking at the, at the uh, calendar and thinking I'm going to go to, I might go for Thanksgiving. I thought, wait a minute, Thanksgiving, Turkey. <laughs> and so I had to go at that point. I was like, all right, I just can't not go. This is too good. Right. So yep, like I yep. said, I would fly halfway across the world for a stupid joke. And that I, I started incorporating that into the travel punks branding because we're mostly about using credit cards and points to make travel experiences and even luxury travel experiences affordable for people who never thought that it could be affordable, whether it's multiple international trips a year, or if you only have two weeks of vacation a year, maybe you never considered flying in long haul first class and staying at a five-star hotel instead of you know economy and uh, an Airbnb without air conditioning. All these things are really affordable if you leverage miles and points. And so the branding I used for my Thanksgiving turkey terrible pun was to say, how confident do you have to be in the finances and economics of your travel lifestyle such that you would fly halfway around the world for a dad joke? Yeah, just, yep. just, just just to make yeah. a stupid joke on your Instagram. I'm like, that's how insolent we are. You know, my partner yeah. Carson, my partner Carson, you know, his idea of a whim for a weekend was finding out that he had access to uh, uh, a like a special experience through United Mileage Plus, where he went to uh, like an art event. They had had an art competition, and then they unveiled the winners at a Polaris Lounge in the San Francisco airport. So he's like, I think I'll book first class to to San Francisco for this weekend and hang out with some of these United people and see the art and meet the artists because they were competing for a chance to design the delivery of an airplane, among other things. So oh, cool. He had this epic weekend mostly spent at the San Francisco airport, but uh, first class round trip on Alaska Airlines. So can't beat that with a stick. 
Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And it's so wild with the pandemic and the pricing and stuff and how first class prices, I mean, just straight up, not with points and things, but straight up first class prices are where economy used to be. Yeah. It's almost stupid then, that we even use points <laughs> in the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to be a little mine, bit more mindful of that. Yeah. A buddy of mine flew, I think in Chicago to where did he go? He went somewhere peculiar, maybe Texas or Florida. Anyway, it was some like, weird uh, place like some Texas, weird foreign land, and, like Florida, uh, South Florida. Yeah, and he figured out like very quickly that like first class round trip was a hundred dollars more than the economy, but then he had to take some extra stuff. So maybe it was a ski trip or something. So he was going to check bags, and if he'd flown an economy, he would have had to pay. 50 bucks per check bag of his mm-hmm. equipment or whatever. And it would have cost more to fly economy than it did to fly first class. Like, well, a weird. That's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. some interesting math to be sure. And of course yeah. you, uh, you, you created a segue into uh, the journey because uh, uh, I'll, 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 I'll put it right. I'll put it like this. Uh, fuck checking bags. 100 yeah, exactly. 100% of the time fuck checking bags and i felt right. i felt strongly about that before easyjet lost my luggage between germany and sweden but i really feel it now because totally. i was only in sweden for like 4 days and i only checked the bag because easyjet is one of those you know budget airlines where they, they screw charge, you. where they they, screw up, you. they upcharge you for the napkins on the yeah. uh, they upcharge yeah. you for the barf bags they, oh you want two peanuts oh yeah exactly exactly so yeah. they were asking if i wanted to check a bag or a carry on and i didn't know what was going to happen at the gate as it turns out don't quote me on this but i think that if you show up with a bag that's too big to check then they'll just gate check it and not charge you or maybe they will but i felt like the safest bet was to check my bag, even though it was technically the size of a carry-on. And so I checked it and then they lost it and it was a nightmare. Oof. And uh, I didn't get it back until the day I was going to leave Sweden. I had to buy all new clothes. I didn't have a change of clothes. I didn't have my dance shoes. So I had to see how my Converse All-Stars did and on a tango floor. It turns out pretty well. Turn, yeah, yeah. Tur- turns out nice. that suede bottom might just be for show. But uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, some people get surprised at how little I pack for such long trips. And I certainly don't want to be spending all my time doing laundry, but I really don't want to spend my time waiting for bag check. Exactly. Yep. Well, okay. So you're, we're jumping all over the place. Obviously I'm no professional interviewer, but so yeah, I want to talk about your style of packing. That's what's, that's actually some of the stuff, the meat of what I wanted to find out about as this, as a travel punk who goes (laughs) to places for, for dad jokes. You obviously, you've done a lot of it um, and you have some specific ideas. Um, so I, I got a batch of random, not necessarily random uh, kind of packing questions. So yeah. first thing, so you already covered, you're only, you only carry a uh, carry on. Um, what do you, do you have a standard or signature item that you're like, I always take this traveling? Well, carry on in a backpack to, to be, to be clear, but. Okay. As far as a signature item that I always take traveling, I try to pack light. I really do. I start out with the intention of packing light. Um, But as far as a signature thing that I always bring, at this point, I bring the microphone, even if I don't, even even if I don't always use it. But if I want to be shooting videos or recording podcasts, 
on the road. I'll take the microphone, uh, a tripod, bring a tripod, just like a basic oh. tripod. I use my, uh, this guy, this, this guy is really good at taking pictures. I don't yeah. bother with the DSLR at this point. But what takes up even more room than a DSLR is I have a field recorder, which is what I'll sometimes use for in-person podcasts. Uh, and that's pretty hefty. It takes up a lot yeah. of space in my suitcase and it's big. It's like an ATA. It's like, it's yeah. almost the size of a uh, lunchbox and not that big, but um, it's big. Uh, it, it's big enough and uh, it comes in a cushioned case so it doesn't get broken, but it's the easiest thing in my opinion for, yeah, and my headphones. It's the easiest thing in my opinion for recording in-person podcasts and in the anticipation that I might do that, I don't always have a booking, but I'll bring two microphones uh, and that takes up a lot of space. So at that point, I just have enough room for some t-shirts and a bathing suit and I'll try to bring two jackets sometimes, which is stupid, but... <laughs> in general, it's well, just the t-shirts and then the pants I'm wearing and maybe two pairs of shoes. I work the hell out of that carry-on. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 two I, pairs I of use, shoes? You're packing two pairs of shoes or you're wearing one and packing one? Wearing one and packing one. Yeah. yeah. Might, stu- might stuff socks into it, but it really is overkill. It really is overkill. And I try to only bring the... Uh, I try to only bring the products, like the toilet and bath products that I know I can't get or that I think I can't get in country. So I'm usually not going to pack toothpaste or shampoo or conditioner, but some things that I make sure that I never leave without include, God, the most important thing for me is that there's this bee pollen product. I don't think I can name check it. Maybe I'll look it up. Uh, Ah, You should get that endorsement. Yeah, I'll give <laughs> give them some here. give them some free exposure. But let me look it up. Bee pollen remedy for canker sores. Because I don't know if you get canker sores, but they're painful as hell. You do? I fucking do. Yeah. I, it's so weird. Like most people are like, oh, isn't that herpes or something? And you're like, no, no, no it's, it's a totally different, different. It's a different it's a different viral like, response. Related. You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I Di- I get that. Do you have it? <laughs> do you have weird. a good That's do you have so a good strange. solution for it? Well, um, no, I, All right. uh, You're, I'm about to, I'm about to rock your world then because, yeah. uh, Durham's canker rid really works. Uh, Durham, let me make sure, like let, the, let me make like sure it's the right North one. Carolina. That's so funny. Yeah. So when I was, it's, when, it's called, it's called Durham. In- Go ahead. Uh, sorry. Sorry. You just know, do the product thing fr- properly. Dur- it, it's called, it's called Durham's like, yeah. Like in North Carolina, Durham's canker yep. rid. It's made from B products. They won't tell you exactly, uh, exactly what it says. Honey bee propolis. They're a company that makes products from bee, yeah, by, from yeah, yeah, the byproducts yeah, yeah. of of beekeeping. And you know, in the past, when I got the canker sores, they would be very painful, and I would put like uh, lidocaine gel or you know, yep, yep, yep. and the, that like the, almost the, makes the it worse, and it numbs up, numbs up your mouth. Uh, I found yep. a little patch that actually worked pretty well, but this Durham cankerid wow. stuff is like a miracle. Like if I feel, wow. feel if I feel one coming on, I'll drip it on, and it will never show up. Or if I do awesome. get a full on canker sore, it goes away right quick. It doesn't really hurt or sting to go on. It is kind of black. It does stain, so you'll have like a little black smudge nah. on your lip for an hour you don't or care so. About- 
but that yeah it depends on the company the but bang, uh people. yeah oh my it's so much better to have a slightly <laughs> smudged lip than to have a canker sore for several days i mean i've had terrible canker yeah. sores uh i've had big wow. ones yeah. i've had ones we should, that, you should explain it to to your audience like, yeah it's a like, it's an ulcer it? it's almost like a like a like a blister on the inside of your it's mouth. It's an ulcer. Ulcers. It's an ulcer on the inside yeah. of your mouth, on your gum or the inside of your lips, sometimes your tongue. They're pretty common. Yeah. If you don't if you don't get them, I'm sure you know someone who does get them. And they're a virus, but it's different than herpes. It's not sexually transmitted. Uh, like you said, I think it has more to do with diet, but some people are just susceptible to them and others aren't. Yeah. And yeah. I've, yeah. I've been prescribed steroid paste to take care of them. Wow. Yeah. Well, once I had a really bad outbreak where I woke up with just dozens of them in my mouth. I don't know how it ah. happened, but yeah, I couldn't open my mouth. And my girlfriend at the time, her dad was a doctor. And so she made an emergency call and he gave yeah. me a prescription for that steroid stuff. But you got to have a prescription. You got to be in touch with a doctor. And it's totally. frustrating. This stuff, you buy a one ounce bottle of it for 20 bucks and it works. It is so good. Durham's canker. 20 ounce. No, like, one one a, ounce for twenty oh, bucks. One ounce for twenty which bucks. Is, right, right. It's expensive, but you get a lot of uses out of it. You know, just a yeah, couple yeah. of drops a couple times a day will take care yeah. of a canker sore. And it's just it's not that expensive considering how much value I've gotten out of it. So that has totally. a permanent place in my little Ziploc baggie full of three ounce or less uh bottles of stuff because I yeah. don't know how quickly or easily I could find that stuff in a foreign country. But if I start to feel a canker sore coming on, it could really piss on my parade if I'm trying to enjoy totally. myself in a, in, in new surroundings. Screws your whole day. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So my, my, uh, country hack for that, for canker sores, and I don't get them in my regular life. I almost only get them when I'm traveling and it has to do, you know, with aspects of traveling where you're, mm -hmm. where you're out drinking more and not getting the right kind of sleep and, uh, and stuff like that. And, uh, um, so my, my hack, and also it's a travel hack too, which is, is not necessarily for everyone, but what I do is for toothbrush, toothpaste, I mean, um, I don't carry a tube ever, but I actually carry a little uh, old school 35 millimeter film can canister with baking soda. Hmm. And that's actually what I use to brush my teeth because you, you can go through all the airports. You don't have to do the baggy thing. You can use it to cl clean other stuff. You know, it's a good cleaning agent for things. And I believe, and I think I must have gotten this idea from, from a real scientist, but I, maybe <laughs> I just made it up. Is there the aspect of, of canker sores has to do with, uh, acidity mm. your, in your diet and things like that. And then, so the baking soda is the opposite of that. Right. And so what I also will just, if I get a canker sore, we'll just dab a, a you know, a chunk of that, uh, baking soda right on there mm. and it changes it. Within the day, it, the thing is gone. Oh, wow. That'd um, probably be cheaper yeah. than the bee pollen solution. Oh, and, yeah. I want, and I wonder if it's simpler because I want, I'm not simpler, but similar because I wonder if the bee product is like a strong base compared to uh, the acid response that right, creates right. the sore. Yeah. But yeah, those sores I'm are really a, painful. Yeah. I'm actually a beekeeper too. I could probably just go scrape some popolis. But, um, and then uh, what was the other thing? Oh, the funny thing about the diet. So last time I was in Vietnam, I got, I got a couple of bad ones. And again, I was drinking and out, you know, the time zone change was just messing with me. And I was, I was just eating everything because Vietnamese food is amazing. And, and I was like, oh man, I can't cake or And I was trying to figure out like, well, what should I be avoiding? 
and and you look at the list of what you're not supposed to uh, or eat, have with canker stars, and it's like one hundred percent of the Vietnamese coffee, diet. Coffee, yeah, <laughs> garlic, coffee, uh, alcohol, shrimp, like <laughs> just like everything that tastes good and that you want to have when you're traveling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like I gotta find something different. So that's uh, very cool that. that yeah, mm-hmm. here you you found a product for it. That's well, maybe I'll try your baking soda solution because that'd probably be cheaper. But I mean, I'm still You've bringing that it. stuff yeah. on a trip. Like if I'm having if I'm having it back at home, that or if I screw up and run out of the stuff and forget it, I'm sure baking soda is fairly easy to find in country. Although now that I think of it, I wonder what like I don't know the Spanish word for baking soda or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not that hard. Bicarbonate of soda. So you kind of, yeah. You say carbonate. Right okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's but, awesome. um, yeah. Um, the other th- aspect of the, the canker sore, we should get off that topic. That could, you can go yeah, we can, move, we can move from canker sores and talk about <laughs> dancing or do yeah, you have other yeah, questions for me? I, I do have other questions, but let's, let's jump around. So the dancing thing, this is super cool. And, um, and you're a young guy too, right? You're, you're, I look young. I'm, you look young. You yeah. seem young. I'm young uh, at heart. Well, I'm, yeah. Well, I'm 52. Uh-huh. So I've, I've been around and, um, and, you know, for, for various, uh, waves of, of popular, uh, things coming and going trends that they're not looking for. Mm. And I was actually kind of big in the, uh, the swing revival in the mid nineties. Yeah. I was and, there for that. I was in high school. Yeah. No, that was how nice. I started. I, Cool. Cool. I was, uh, yeah, I was in my mid twenties around that time and, uh, actually living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin mm-hmm. and, uh, which is a great town for music. And, uh, and then also zipping down to Chicago a lot to see the bigger, uh, uh acts. And, um, and actually, I, and, and I know you've got this extensive stuff with tango is a huge deal. And I've heard you reference other, uh, mm-hmm. complex Latin dances. And I and my father, uh, who you know, like I said, is no longer alive, uh, was a big, big dancer. Lived in Puerto Rico. Lived in Spain. Lived in Puerto Rico in the '60s, and um, was the just, guy I don't who, know what that was like, but that just sounds cool. <laughs> like oh, who wouldn't yeah, want to yeah. be in Puerto Rico in the '60s? Yeah, well, it was like Cuba in the '50s. It uh-huh. was it was the shit. I mean, there was the coolest. Bantido Puente was like playing on Saturday night. Oh You'd wow! Just go. You know, like that kind of thing. You just go see him play. Mm-hmm. And Puerto Rico was small then. It was right before and or kind of during the United States kind of incredible uh, economic invasion of Puerto Rico. They changed the whole way society was happening and made it kind of suburban and American at that time. Mm-hmm. But so my dad was there for the kind of end of, of, of rural Puerto Rico or traditional Puerto Rico. Um but, uh, and so he was the guy who would try to lecture me about the difference between the merengue and the, you know, and, and this step and that step. And I never mm-hmm. paid attention <laughs> as a kid. Um, and, uh, but in, in, when I was in my twenties and, and kicking around, you know, being blazingly single and looking to meet the ladies, I was, uh, I would be going to these different music venues, usually blues bars actually in Chicago and Milwaukee. And, and I, by just sheer force and repetition became a guy who could lead in any dancing situation. Mm-hmm. Now, like uh, trained people, probably like yourself would see me at a Latin bar and, and laugh at my lack of 
proper footwork. Mm-hmm. But the, the the my partners would are are generally very happy to be dancing with me because I have this I've developed a handful of techniques mm-hmm. to do that really strong lead. And of course, in the real world, outside of the hardcore dancing people world, the real world, nobody really knows what they're doing dancing. Uh-huh. And so if, if you can be a strong lead yeah. in any situation, people love it. So well, I'm blues, the popular guy at weddings. Well, pop, yeah, um, like pop blues dancing is pretty freeform and salsa dancing is pretty freeform. I mean, the people who were Latin in heritage who grew up, you know, dancing with their mothers and fathers when they were toddlers, practically as soon as they could stand up, they don't give a shit about training either. <laughs> like they, they yeah, would laugh at yeah. someone. Maybe not laugh, laugh, but someone like taking lessons to salsa or merengue. Uh, they're they're a lot more free form and spontaneous with their dancing. So you'd probably fit right in with that. Uh, yeah. But some of the dances that I did were just uh, like force of repetition is one thing, but uh, like just miserable is another way to describe it. Like it sucks learning to tango. You just like. It's like learning to play guitar. You just hate your life yeah. for an entire year and be like, why can't yeah. my feet do the thing? <laughs> why isn't right, this right. working? So, and, you know, uh, as a man, you're usually uh, learning the leader technique. And if you're learning follower technique and you're with a good leader, then sometimes you can just, th- th- they can compensate well, for your lack of experience or it's just a, a different discipline to follow that works better with a, experienced leader and so the that's a long story short of saying that the women usually have a pretty good time from the start and as a man <laughs> starting in these dances i had to have like I, I just have to have a really high threshold for humiliation which i don't think i do totally i don't think i do really? but somehow I, some yeah you're like what the way you've been answering these questions you don't have a <laughs> threshold for human no um no, the way you bold. dress uh, you're willing to take chances yeah you're willing to take chances and do things that's uh, it's That's it's cool. absolutely critical and you just can't learn a dance like tango without it and i thought that a dance like kizomba the uh angolan partner dance that's getting really popular right now which is similar to tango in some ways, and some of the stuff crosses over, but it's a much more intimate dance. And some people are more comfortable with that than others. And you kind of, yeah. you, you, you learn a lesson about yourself where it's like, do I want to cuddle with a stranger within five seconds of meeting them? And sometimes they're like, oh, they're fine with it. And I'm like, well, maybe I'm not fine with it. <laughs> maybe I want to, yeah, ma- yeah. maybe I, maybe I want to have a little bit of trust there before we do that. So right, right. it's a uh, it, it it it's a strange position to be in, but yeah. these dances we, the 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 biggest advantage of tango is that it's very widespread, and, and Kizomba's kind of getting there actually to the point where really? there will be a scene, a thriving scene, an enthusiastic scene in most major cities that you go to, so you can arrive in, and this is of course completely slaughtered by the pandemic there's no partner dancing right. people in each other's strangers in each other's faces switching partners all night that's just like yeah you know recipe for covid tell it yeah it's a yeah. super spreader event by design so <laughs> um yeah so there's been none of that which has made which is really fucked with my travel chi but uh in better times 
you go to a city where you've never met anyone and you go to a tango dance and everyone knows how to dance and you meet some people. And I was just getting into that with Kizomba. I need to get back to taking some lessons because I'm sure I'm not as good at it anymore. But a big reason why I wanted to go to Lisbon, Portugal back in April was because it's a hot spot for Kizomba and there's a lot of it and a lot of people doing it. And it's kind of a a younger dance, whereas the tango scene can be a little bit older and the same deal with the swing scene. I mean, you probably experience in the swing dance scene, it's not really a nightclub kind of dance. It'll happen in like dance studios and ballrooms and like public spaces. And so you get get an age range of everything from like, like, like geriatric all the way down to high school (laughs) and middle school. So it's, it's pretty, uh, it's very freewheeling. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No, I, yeah. And being in the, on the cutting edge of cool trend dance, like you're talking about, that's cool. That's you're like, you like you're saying, it's in the club. It's, it's a certain, it's a Mm -hmm. a set demographic. Yeah, I get it. I like nightclubs. I like studio. I I like nightclub dances better than I like studios. And some dancers really don't like it because they're like, I just want to dance. I'm like, "Mm, no, (laughs) also also want to drink, also want to meet people, also want to stay up late. I want that vibe. Yep. Yep. Me too. I, uh, it's funny. My wife, I met my wife at a bar dancing and which by the way, Zydeco uh, music. Are you you familiar with Zydeco? I'm I'm aware. It's from Louisiana, right? Right, right, right. It's, it's like the African-American version of Cajun music. Right. And so it's bluesier, more high, more high power. I've heard it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome stuff. I'm a huge fan. We almost named our kid Zydeco. Like we're in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that, I met my wife at a, at a Zydeco uh, band playing at a small bar in San Francisco, which, and you know, and she'll be like, hey, it's a Tuesday afternoon. Why don't we dance? I'm like, yeah, I kind of want a cocktail. And like, <laughs> this is a di- like, and I've realized that part of my life, uh, our dancing life is that I kind of want to show off. Like mm-hmm. part of it is impressing the room a little oh, bit. Yeah. And, and that's, that's kind of like, boy, I'm kind of a dick. I'm kind of arrogant. I like, I'm definitely, arrogant. I like <laughs> I'm definitely an arrogant dick. I'm good enough. I was good enough at swing, although I'm probably regressed some since I haven't done it in a while. And I'm good enough at tango that I can show off. Uh, I'm not the best at either dance, but I am at show off level. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I could progress in tango to the point where dancing with me is like butter and you don't even need to show off. And it's more about the partner than the room. But, you know, right. I can't help it. I'm vain and I'm a show off and I like impressing the room. And I'm not there it's- yet with Kizomba, which is the the vexing part of it. You know, I can lead a pretty good oh, dance, yeah. but uh, I can't quite show off yet and there's a fine line to walk because you shouldn't show off at the expense of your partner's good time you got to keep that's right you got to keep the partner right. number one and yeah everything, yep. everything and the party vibe there. too oh yeah you can you can screw up a party by intimidating other people too mm-hmm. much or you know or stuff like that so yeah and 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 if you go to a place with friends and then you're like the super dancer killer guy and then they're like Oh, we're just over here. We don't know how to do this. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're messing it for them. So yeah, I'm yeah, an arrogant I, dick, but I try to pay attention. I mi- I missed <laughs> out on this a couple of times, but some of the Kizomba people would want to go to nightclubs because it is a younger scene and they want to go to nightclubs where they're playing like hip hop and R&B and then dance Kizomba to that music, which is yeah, definitely doable. Yeah. And I'm sorry I've missed out yeah. on that. And I'm hoping that I catch a chance to do something like that when... It, it becomes a little less global pandemic. 
Right, right. Uh huh. So switching back to try to uh, to switch back to the subject. So you actually you have a pair of dancing shoes that mm -hmm. are full on like tango shoes with the suede bottom and everything. I've had a couple. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. They, I, I I wear them hard. I wear them hard. Yeah. And that's so you're so you're taking your your Converse, Converse high tops, wearing those during the day, and wearing your dance shoes at night. Uh, usually, I bring the dance shoes in like a bag. <laughs> Yeah. 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 You know, you tell a tango dancer showing up with a little drawstring bag with their yeah, shoes, yeah. which is a part of the, the journey collection. I noticed. It is. Yep, I don't mean, yep. I don't mean to keep on like ham handedly segueing into <laughs> your, your product, but <laughs> I do want to talk about anything. it before we're, before we're, before we're out of time. I know it comes with a drawstring shoe bag and that's definitely an essential for any traveling dancer. And certainly, I guess anyone who wants to, keep a pair of shoes from completely falling apart on the road. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and vice versa, it keeps, it keeps the crap from the bottom of your shoes off the rest of your clothes mm -hmm. too. I mean, any, yeah. any travel yeah. from just, yeah, yeah. from just exploring the, the journey product kit, I was most impressed by what looks like a backpack in a backpack, like a that's day right. pack that yep. detaches from, yep. from, from a backpack. Yep. I think that's really cool. Of course I have one right here. Of course you um, do. Yeah. And um, I had it just, I, I leave it sitting like this open. So it's like becomes my office. Oh, so that's I can nice. just grab my tech and things that, that specifically so designed so that back pops yeah. open. But uh, yeah, so, this is good for so, me yeah. to be seen because my backpack sucks right now and I need a new one. And this looks pretty cool. Minimal logo. That's all there is. Nice. This is actually a prototype. This is a navy blue one, but the standard one is kind of the anthracite black, like coal, <laughs> dark coal black. <laughs> nice. And, uh, um, so yeah, so you saw that and you see this in the video, we try to push this idea. So yeah, that's so you the pull day a little pack. day pack out of the, yep. out of the yep. backpack assembly. Yeah. So this is where I, I'd keep my mi microphone kit inside the bottom of that. I don't. Like stuff, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's one of the major innovations. And then the other innovation is the actual, the hip pack, the fanny pack, as we call it, unfortunately here in the United States. <laughs> The bum bag, which then yeah, let's see is, if we can come up with a less dignified thing to call that because right, we're really hurting for that. Yeah, <laughs> they, I mean, fanny packs are very popular in other parts of the world. Uh, Brazil yeah. jumps to mind every like it's nothing for people to wear a fanny pack, and they come all in all Asia. sorts of day glow colors. I didn't notice in Asia, but I haven't been there many, many times. Yeah. Uh, maybe I was looking at more fannies in in uh, <laughs> in Brazil than I was in Asia. I don't know. I you can never why. tell with yeah. me, but. Um, yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I haven't quite gotten it together to start wearing a fanny pack of my own or whatever we can call it. If you prefer right. to well, call it something different. Yeah. Hip pack. That's hip the pack. phrase I'm, I'm working. Cause it sounds know, a lot better. Hip, it's very hip, et cetera. But, right. um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, so I wanted to, sorry, I'm drilling down and you got to tell me if we've got to go towards a time zone time limit here or anything because yeah, yeah. i can talk about crap forever well yeah so the parish <laughs> so if you had your dance shoes and you lost your converse could you could you explore Istanbul in your dance shoes or would they fall apart by the end of the day or would um they would apart? last me a day but that would take some <laughs> weeks of use they they, they they would crap out several weeks or months sooner if i walked all over Istanbul. i mean there are yeah. lots of hills and cobblestones in that in that city and yeah these shoes aren't meant to take a beating. I mean, they got a suede yeah. bottom. There's no tread. Yeah. 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 I, um, 
So I, my life is, you know, as, as focused on, you know, like doing this kind of exploring cities, exploring places, but also being ready to go to the club and dance and things like that. And so I've spent a lot of time as, as one does when you, when you're a one bagger or somebody who pays attention to what you carry and drilled down on what I consider to be like, I call them just my dress shoes, uh, which, you know, look good. I can go to the office or visit a, uh, a business in them but also they're my my going out at night dancing shoes but they're also tough enough that i could wear them all day and comfortable enough that i could wear them all day walking around Mm -hmm. um and uh and also light is another key factor right dance shoes of course are always super light and they're quite light and they don't take up that much space i mean they're not sturdy in the way that thick canvas or leather shoes would be so there's just not a lot of air there's not a thick yeah. sole and there's not a lot of air. I mean, you can kind of squash them down into a bag. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. I don't know. I don't know if I could swing being a one bagger at this point. Like I definitely need a cool backpack and the, the journey backpack seems to be very, God, it, it's really cool and very useful uh, to the point where it would be easier to organize and make a, like a modular packing stack. But at this point, I have so much crap. Like I told you about the field recorder. Uh, this is the yeah, dumbest. Yeah. This is the dumbest part. I've started collecting watches, and so now I want to bring at least ah, three watches wherever I go. Come on, come, you come on! on. <laughs> You're wearing one. You can put one in your toiletries kit. You're good. Yeah the uh, the watch carrier that uh, that that I uh, bought for nine for nine dollars on Amazon is probably superfluous because it's like a big like canister like it's a, a big cylinder yeah. so that you can like wrap the the strap right, around a, right, a comfortable right. little pillow but uh probably yeah. overkill just yeah, re, just yeah, retail yeah. therapy during lockdown yeah it's yep. like yeah what can absolutely. i buy to yeah. entertain myself for 15 minutes right uh, well so another travel thing another travel piece of gear to talk about with you i heard you discuss um your your pea coat is your go-to a warm coat those are heavy. Uh, yeah. I have a lighter overcoat that I just bought, but it's not because it's so light. It's not like warm is the wrong <laughs> is, is the wrong way to describe it. And I also yeah. have a real leather jacket now that I think is probably uh, the warmest thing that I own. Yeah. Yeah. Also a heavy thing. Yeah. Hard to pack away if you were True. going to a warm spot. Yeah. Are you are you pitching a uh, a lightweight yet very warm jacket? I, well, yes, I, I, so this is a whole interesting subject of packing and, and, and stuff like that. So another aspect of, of me and dancing and going out and being when, when I'm traveling and, and if I were going to answer that signature item question, and I've, I've asked a lot of different people this, but I think for me, I would have to say it's a sports coat, um, you know, the dinner jacket, the, whatever, uh-huh. the good looking coat that I can, uh, you know, I haven't worn a tie in, in 15 or 16 years, but at sports coat, I'm sports coat guy. I'm uh-huh. the guy at the, at the lawn party. I went to last Saturday where we were all drinking outside around the campfire. I wore a sports coat. Cause like, right. I'm just that, I'm just that kind of jackass. Who yeah. Shows up that's funny. You should, that's funny. You should mention that because I am that kind of jackass. And the first longest trip I took in Europe was a sports coat, like an all sports coat all the time journey. Uh, and I felt good about it because 
uh, you know, probably I felt better about it than I probably had any right to because <laughs> I had a URL pass. And so I was bopping around Europe on a train. And yeah. that's where I kind of developed a distaste for backpackers. And I don't oh, mean yeah, like Boy smelly. Scout backpacking in the, in the, but like I would see people in their like, early 20s wearing like yoga pants and Lycra shirts with those massive ass backpacks right. on the train. And I just, they're, they're like, we're backpacking. Like that's their vibe. And I'm just being an asshole at this point. But I was like, have some self-respect. Wear a blazer exactly. like me. Now it was Europe in the summer, so it wasn't the most practical thing, but <laughs> but the vibe that like I was I'd be sweating my balls off and want to take it off by the time I got off the train. But the vibe <laughs> I wanted to have on the train at least was I'm going to get off in, you know, I'm I'm gonna get off the train in Munich and go straight to a business meeting with my right. with, yep, with, yep, my, with yep. my rolling carry-on. You know, I'm just what a douchebag. I sound like such a douchebag because I am. But yeah. um, th- I, that, that I, was my vibe. You know, I wanted to be a little upscale on the train in Europe, touching down into some truly beautiful places. And I wanted to, I wanted to match. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to be some obvious tourist to with a ginormous yep. backpack in like spandex. Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah and it just, they smell. <laughs> I'm, I totally look down upon those people too. There's like, in, in for European travel, which is mostly what I've done in my life, there's like three three kinds of travelers. You see those backpackers who you know look like they've been camping and they just came out of the out of the woods and they they haven't showered in a week and you know that's their vibe. That's what they want to do. That's who they are. Dreadlocks and, mm-hmm. and you know whatever. That's what if that's who you tie dye. <laughs> and then there's and then there's like the hardcore American who's like wearing his wearing his uh cargo shorts and the baseball hat and like hey Martha, come on over here and look at this Let me oh take my god picture. right like yeah stereotype and 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 i don't want to be like those people and then the third type of traveler is the one that you don't rec- you don't see because they blend in because uh-huh. they're conscious of their surroundings and the culture they're visiting and they're mm-hmm. and they're looking good and because europeans generally look good yeah those dicks public transport yeah and so yeah it takes some effort though because you gotta like get some nuances like you like if you could look good but if you're wearing a graphic tee that's not really a a european thing they wear solid colors i feel like though that the smelly the smelly backpackers aren't just hippies they're also just people who think that that's easy and that's what is supposed to be done like i assume that some of the girls that i would see in like yoga pants and spandex tops with their big ass backpacks. I assume that there's some heels in those backpacks and some dresses and they're going to shower up and, you know, hit the town in Berlin or in Prague. So maybe I, I I assume that that's some of the vibe where they're like, this is just how I travel. And, you know, I sometimes Mm. listen to people bemoan how it used to be that you would, you know, put on your coat and tie to get on a plane because you're a self-respecting person and people are going to see you <laughs> and you should show up for the world. And now people wear the most comfortable things that they can Pajamas. wear without getting arrested in public. You know, yeah. they go in their bathrobes if they could or, you know, their right. underwear. But uh, it's like, I just want to be comfortable. You know, they take off their shoes in the aisles and, you know, I get yeah. it. I've worn some pants on play i've almost always worn pants on a plane no what i'm trying to say (laughs) what i'm trying to say is that i've like i would show up in jeans that looked good but weren't all that comfortable to sit in for many many hours i'm like well this was stupid i should have brought like i'll sometimes bring joggers in my in in my pack 
you know, comfortable pair of pants to like switch into if I'm going to be in a long flight. So like pajamas, like pajama pants, but, uh, and Hey, on some of those long haul first class flights, they give you pajamas. So, yeah. So you don't need to pack them. Well, and that's, yeah. And that, you know, that's an aspect of as, as everyone grows and becomes a better traveler as, as we hope everyone will. I, I actually have come to a point where I, my, my regular clothes, not walking around in the woods here where, you know, building a house or crap that I do, but my regular clothes are comfortable and look decent. So like if I'm going to town, I'm putting on, you know, the khakis as people generally refer to them, some kind of pants that, that Chinos. Um, Chino, yeah, whatever. Um, I, I'm not a jeans guy. I've never been comfortable in jeans. I haven't worn jeans since like the late eighties probably. Huh. So I just, yeah, I'm a, I like to swing a little freer than that, I guess. It's a simple <laughs> way to say it. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah. And so, and then I have, I have kind of three kinds of clothing. I have outside stuff like when you're chopping wood. And then I have house clothes, which is what I'm actually wearing now. Just kind of, uh, stuff that's probably got a stain or two on it that I wouldn't want to see that is comfortable and good, except that I wouldn't want everybody to see me in. And then I have like town clothes or travel clothes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and those things are the best stuff I've got. It's almost always super light, super comfortable, mm-hmm. but they're real clothes. They're not, they're not sweatpants. Um, and so I get marketed all these, all the, the hundred dollar tra- travel pants and all this stuff all the time. But I find that once I find a decent pair of pants and I, you know, I'll go to a thrift store even and uh, get those or, uh, whatever. So, but you get to a point where you're comfortable in your own skin, which is what you're wearing every day. And that's what I'm traveling with. And, you know, I've worked and I would advise other people to work, to get to a place where that skin that you're comfortable in, that you can sit in for hours, those clothes that you can sit in for hours are in fact, what you think looks good when you're traveling Mm -hmm. or when you go out dancing too. Yeah. Like I can go, I can go from the airport to the club pretty seamlessly with my, Mm -hmm. with my traveling sports coat. I get in where I want to go, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, um, work, I'm working on it. In some cases, it's as simple as like, I enjoy like ripped fashion jeans, like a dick. And they're perfectly comfortable to be standing up in. But then when you sit down in a plane, you've got these big holes that you could like feel <laughs> getting bigger as your knees poke through them from a sitting position. Like, damn, these are not sit down pants. <laughs> I, yeah, did not, yeah. I did not think this through. <laughs> is this a good time to talk about the uh, the origins and orig- or origins, the origin and development of the journey uh, travel packing system? Well, sure. I um, yeah. I, I sorry. I come jump around. I keep forgetting. That's okay. To ask you a question. Um, but yeah. So the origin is is just all these things we've been talking about. It's about about you know thinking about your style, your personal style, and and then also about integrating into the cultures that you're going to, as well as being still being comfortable in those surroundings that you're, you're uh, going to. Um, and there's uh, an aspect of thinking about the activities you do. Now, it sounds like you and I have a lot of these similarities. I, and by the way, when I go travel, I want to be in the city almost always too. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I've, I've, as I've gotten older, when I travel, I, I'm really more interested. I'm starting to be more interested in um, small towns not country. I don't need to go to the woods. I don't need to go to the mountain or the ocean or the beach or the pool. When I travel, I, I'm, I'm interested in 
you know, that authentic cultural experience, you know, where yeah. you would not see other Americans is kind of the cliched way to look at it. Yeah. But so when thinking about that, when thinking about traveling and thinking about all these things we've been talking about, and I think we're a lot on the same wavelength there, you, you start to think about also that not, not taking a bag, traveling light, turns out traveling light actually enhances your whole experience. So then thinking about the one bag and, uh, two, three years, four years ago, I started, um, paying attention to the bag industry, this cool kind of higher end travel bag industry, which now there's even people whose whole YouTube life is uh, reviewing bags like this. There are so many that they can, that's, that's a career full time. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's awesome. And uh, there are, there's a lot of small companies like myself doing these different kinds of bags and doing a great job. And it's interesting to hear that we've also, we've all, a lot of us have had the same path towards this process mm-hmm. who also want to be oftentimes these kind of digital nomads or, you know, business nomads where we can be wherever and be running a biz- a global business, e-commerce sort of business uh, from anywhere, but, uh, but being, uh, but traveling as well. And so, as I was examining these other sorts of bags, I kind of realized that they're uh, to use some shitty typical marketing stuff. What people were doing was bag 2.0, <laughs> backpack, back, backpack 1.0 are those idiots that you you would see in the in the train station in Munich, right? <laughs> they're like, I'm a backpacker. I, yeah. I backpack. I when I travel, I backpack. And they're like the 70 liter. It always seems like they're really higher than. Oh yeah, backpack. they're bigger than the person wearing them. Yeah. What the hell? And we you used got to, in there. Well, we used to use those kinds of backpacks for you know backcountry backpacking and boy scouts where Which we have to have a tent totally and all our food and our stove yeah, yeah that they would use yeah, those yeah. kinds of backpacks when they were like yep. going to a hotel yep yeah exactly boy scout by the way did you go all the way eagle oh yeah scout? eagle scout me too holy me too, shit baby. all right yep. only two percent of all boys been involved in scouting get the eagle scout you can throw that stat out whenever you want oh i will <laughs> i'm gonna keep, <laughs> I'm gonna keep that in my back pocket that's gonna become my yeah. opener nice yeah so yeah, so backpacking 1.0 is fucking backpacking out in the woods. Yeah. But then they take it to Munich. <laughs> so this so what people were doing is backpacking 2.0, which is cool, which is like it's a good-looking pack that you wouldn't be embarrassed to be getting off the train in downtown Munich. And and they're cool, but then what happens is they're also they're targeting you, you're a perfect uh, demographic of this digital nomad, this work from anywhere person. So they also are wanting you to use this backpack 2.0 style back to go to the cafe, to use as your daily commuter, to use every day. And, and so what they'll do, you know, they'll give you a 30 liter, 35 liter bag, which is significant, which is more than anybody needs for a, for a trip of any sort. And then be like, oh yeah, but it cinches down. And then there's a laptop. And like, <laughs> so now you're carrying this giant bag to the cafe where in my in my mind, like that didn't make sense. And I don't need to take everything. Like when I travel, I go somewhere, whether it's a hotel, more likely it's a friend's house or an Airbnb or something. And you set up camp or you're like, this is where I'm sleeping. And now I want to go explore. Now I want to go work at a cool cafe. I don't need to take my underwear with me. I'm going to leave shit in the hotel room or whatever, mm-hmm. the room, and go. And so this bag 2.0 had this flaw that I saw. And then in the, the other part of my origin story is working in the woods here. And, and as the smartphone has become a thing, 
I was actually a super early adapter Palm Pilot guy and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So I've been carrying these kind of devices around a long time. And then I'm out in the woods chopping firewood and things like that. And I realized that carrying a smartphone in your front pocket while you're doing hard labor, you're going to break your phone. Yeah. So I, so I, you know, had the real, I pulled this old fanny pack out of my pack that I used to use for mountain biking uh, out of a, my closet. And I started carrying shit in the fanny pack. Mm-hmm. It's great. But then when I would go traveling or even go to town to do something, I'd have to take everything out of the fanny pack and put it in the different pockets in the day pack or the whatever pack. And like, and I always forget something I'd miss or whatever, or not mm-hmm. even take the fanny pack at all. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. So then the, the aha moment was like, well, what if the fanny pack was connected to the day pack or in it or integrated? And then at the same time, I was like, well, what if we took and the luggage portion could somehow be separated, yada, yada, aha, mm-hmm. jump ahead, bag 3.0 is actually this modular idea. Only take the amount of bag you need for the amount of shit you're carrying. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we had this, we ended up with this, we call it five in one because there's a laptop sleeve that's actually over here (laughs) that's that's its own actual thing it comes out of the day pack because you don't sometimes you don't want to carry a laptop you're like i need to i need to put my microphone in there Mm -hmm. i don't have i don't need so you can totally take it out or it can be in and it stays anchored in with the velcro and you don't have to you know your laptop slides in and out so there's a laptop there's a toiletries kit there's the fanny pack there's the travel kit the day pack but it's um it's really these three pieces, the, the fanny pack, the day pack, and the, and the travel pack for your each part of your carry experience. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I don't want to be somebody who's always telling you to wear a fanny pack. Like, don't, obviously, you would, you would I hope I, uh, uh, that you would consider it a fucking sin to wear a <laughs> fanny pack when you're tango dancing. Right? Uh, that's accurate. Yes. <laughs> right? Like, get the hell out of here with that. That's like, that's like bringing a cocktail on the dance floor. Like you just don't do that. This, that's not what you do. And so I don't want, I'm not advocating for people to always be carrying shit. In fact, I want you to carry the least amount of stuff throughout your day, throughout your life all the time, especially when you're traveling. Mm-hmm. And that's another aspect of the sports scope. Like everything that goes in a fanny pack could be carried in a sports scope. So don't take the fanny pack. Right. Just put it in your sports scope. But. Those times when you don't want to wear a sports coat or you're in the tropics, like you know, like when in Saigon, when it's 98 degrees every day of the year, I'm not wearing a sports coat, mm-hmm. but I might carry the fanny pack in that scenario. Right. Um, so, uh, sorry, that blah, that's, my, <laughs> that's my, my, my shtick about the bag and why I think it's great. Um, so don't carry your underwear to the cafe or the art museum. I'm glad you, know, you told me to that. Carry the bag. Like, where were, yeah, you, yeah. where were you five years ago? <laughs> in my life <laughs> yeah well i was yeah mm-hmm. um so yeah so right now i did the circle bag you carry a bag but then you also take another backpack for that Back, kind of day pack backpack stuff? and a backpack and a suitcase they get pretty stuffed they get oh, pretty yeah, stuffed yeah. i like i said i intend to pack light but i often fail <laughs> uh, i yeah. do get modular though i have a case for all my wires and a, a couple of packing bags that I'll use for shirts and their various sizes. So uh, I, yeah, I'm yeah. still working on my system there, but it's nothing as elegant as having a smaller backpack inside a backpack. That's pretty fucking yeah, cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. The um the other thing I got it. You said a shirt pack or whatever. Are you talking mm-hmm. packing cubes? Yeah. That, that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, let me let me tell you. I'm I've never been a packing cube guy. I actually had all my systems down before packing cubes were invented. And I, if people love their packing cubes, that's fine. Like whatever. But let me tell you about something that then, and two of these come with every journey system mm-hmm. as like an extra bonus accessory. And they're these, these, uh, hand rolled vacuum bags. Mm-hmm. Do you know about this at all? Have you ever seen I can, like I it? can kind of, I can kind of guess from looking at it. It looks like it's reduced all oh, the air from, yeah, well, I would think that you would have yeah. to have like an actual vacuum machine attachment to get the air out so you could compress it down. Right. right, right. Yeah. That's what a lot of people are familiar with. They're like, oh, let's. Let's store our winter clothes and then you can hook your house vacuum cleaner. And, yeah. But this has a one-way air valve built into the little flappy deal here. Oh, wow. And so it's it's just like a Ziploc bag, right? A giant uh-huh. Ziploc bag. It opens up. And in here, in my travel kit, I have uh, probably three pair of underwear, two socks, a swimming suit, and a warm layer, uh, uh-huh. a light sweater kind of a thing. Right. But also, it's like a... It's like a turtleneck kind of a deal. So I could wear it alone. I could wear it on top of shit. And so I found that that's really handy. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you, you close the, the top of uh-huh. the, zip, the Ziploc deal. It comes with a little right. helper clip deal. And then you just roll it. And the air and squeezes out and you can't on. get back and in. Exactly. Just like your like chicken cutlet for the that's freezer. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then you've got like hardly any space. It and really saves that put, much space. Like, oh yeah. You could like not, I mean, I won't spend the time doing it, but if you put a, a pillow, like a regular bedtime pillow in here, it'll squish down to like that. Wow. You know? I would think that if and it was so, packed tightly enough, it would get pretty small to begin with, but it might help just keep things organized yeah, and keep your, keep your suitcase from exploding. As soon as you open it, I've definitely that's helped right, with the that's exploding right. suitcase. Yep. And there, we include two of them as accessories because they, you know, uh, I actually only usually travel with one, but you could move you, you know, your dirty stuff, you have your clean stuff as you leave and then your dirty stuff or wet or gross or whatever stuff mm-hmm. into the other one. And it's a fucking plastic bag. It keeps, there's no smells, there's no wetness, no moisture yeah. doesn't transfer and, and you're set to go. Um, and uh, there's another thing, if you're going somewhere that you actually do need to take a, a winter coat, you know, the puffy down coats kind of thing, oh, yeah. they squish down to this kind of thing too. Oh, that's awesome. So, and so, you know, you don't need to get a journey system to get one of these things. There's mm-hmm. uh, these, there's a lot of different companies sell these things. They're not right. too expensive, totally worth it. And I personally believe better than the, uh, what do you call them? Packing cube. Because mm-hmm. there's, they, they weigh nothing. Right. Doing a more interesting, more better job. And um and you don't want to put anything that'll wrinkle in there. Don't put your travel sports coat in there because it'll it just <laughs> locks it in. Yeah. But you're on, you know, underwear and swimming too. You don't care if that's wrinkled. Mm-hmm. But well, that's um, so cool. And you know, another uh yeah, sorry, I gotta circle back and try to bring up another thing from from you. I, I heard you on one podcast talk about how you were gonna go to Moscow or you and maybe you did or you were going I to I didn't end up going and you were yeah, I did but, not. And go. you were kind of, yeah. And it was, it, I think this was in this conversation you had about this peacoat uh, conversation I heard, and 
you were, yeah, you were invited to Moscow in January, which would be like, yeah, we should probably pack some warm clothes, right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't end up, I didn't end up going. My friend was like, you'll love Moscow in January. I'm like, really? <laughs> will I? And she's like, yeah, yeah we'll yeah. get you a fur hat. And I'm like, will we now? <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that, that, that sounds yep. thrilling. I didn't, yep. I would love but to so, go to Moscow. But, I would even go to Moscow in January. It just didn't work out. Totally, totally. But that, that, that hits on an important factor that I think people should think about when traveling. And that is use the resources of when, what's there when you're there, mm -hmm. right? Like if you're going to be a light packer, if you're going to travel light and smart and, and be really mobile, don't expect to bring all your equipment with you. Like don't, if you're a scuba right. guy, diving person, rent your shit. When you get to Tahiti, don't carry it all with you. Mm -hmm. When you get to Moscow, yes. Borrow a coat and a fur hat from your friend. Don't, <laughs> don't try to buy that in Austin, Texas in, in July and pack it and then go there in January. I can right? see that. Like they, they've got their better shit. They know what you need. Uh -huh. Travel, That'd be, make I would feel like that would be the kind of thing that like, yeah, if you make friends or if couch surfing ends up, if you, you could reach out to someone on couch surfing or if there was some sort of P2P a uh, rental company that you could yeah, reach out yeah. to that that would make things easier because i would thought well i'll just yeah. buy one in country but then what am i going to do with this big ass coat <laughs> uh, i'm no longer packing light i've just burdened myself on the other side of the first flight instead of before and then i got to figure out what to do to get it back or sell yeah, it yeah, <laughs> or yeah. give well, it away yep you sell it give it away but that yep. seems inefficient that, yep it is maybe inefficient but also maybe well, anyway, I, when I travel to war, uh, cold places, I, uh, well, and I travel in general, I, I try to make a real connection with the people I'm visiting. It sounds like I've heard you talk, tell, your stories are always, you're visiting somebody through some connection. Often, or not every time, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is a great way to do it. And just, just to uh, do a promotion, you, uh, couch surfing, which I wonder if that organization is going to come back. I hope so. Uh, they've really had a tough uh, uh, pandemic year, mm -hmm. but um, there's the. I want to give a endorsement or a shout out to the grandfather of couch surfing. Uh, I don't know if you're aware that there's actually a nonprofit organization started in 1948 uh, that was that host and traveler. The the the. It's exactly like couch surfing, yeah. except with a little more. Uh, involvement there's there's actually an interview process you have to go through to get to do it it's a, a global organization that's been around now for 75 years and it's called servas s-e-r-v-a-s servas mm. cool so servas.org check that out and um that it yeah it's like couch surfing but like with more purpose or mm -hmm. more intention more about cultural sharing and um and or you know sharing for for hats if that's what one needs <laughs> that's awesome so, well we're gonna have yeah. to wrap this up pretty soon but the journey packing system looks really cool i would be down to try it because like i said i need a new backpack mine's falling apart and i just need a new thing so yeah uh, i'm excited yeah. to talk to you more about that uh where should people look to find out more about this system well, thank you for the classic endorsement segue thing. My, uh, I hate to be predictable, but you got to do it. No, no, it's, it's good. We need this. Idea Mountain is the name of my company. IdeaMountain.com, like a big pile of ideas. Mm -hmm. IdeaMountain. 
And um, yeah, and the journey system is obviously highly uh, promoted on the website. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, sorry, I wanted to ask a bunch of other questions and things. But, but <laughs> we can do this again I'm, sometime. I'm a horrible interview. Yeah, is I'm there if there's anything you want? If there's anything you really want to get to uh, at at the end, let's uh, go ahead. Go ahead and fire it out there. You want to? Well, tell a story. What was the hardest part? Or maybe you have another story where you lost your luggage or something. You said you you got screwed uh, in Switzerland. Was it Sweden. Sweden? Sweden. Sweden. Yeah. What was the hardest part about not having anything? with you um not feeling clean and sanitary like not even having a change of underwear to the point where i ended up going to the globe and mall and going on a shopping spree and then my plan which i think worked uh but i i I honestly don't even remember exactly how this was resolved but uh it's the kind of thing that you can declare for travel insurance and i got a restitution from uh from EasyJet, but not a big one. And so one of the things that people who like travel rewards credit cards for uh, are not just the points, but the perks. And one of the perks that you need to think about is uh, travel insurance that comes with some cards right now, the Sapphire Preferred and the Sapphire Reserve and the gold Amex Gold and Platinum cards have really good travel coverage. Uh, City credit cards like the Prestige and the Premier used to have it, but they got rid of it. So now you've got to think, not only how many points am I getting, but what could go wrong on my trip that will be covered for if I made the purchase on this card. So I had made my EasyJet purchase with my Chase Sapphire Preferred. So I was in a position to reach out to their travel insurance department and say, hey, I incurred these expenses and this inconvenience as a result of EasyJet losing my luggage, this is how much they're giving me, but this is how much I spent. Can you make up the difference? So, it and they was, did. It, they, I, I think they did. I'm trying. That's the thing I forget is exactly how Chase <laughs> resolved it because they might have said they were going to give me a statement credit or mail me a check. I forget exactly what happened, but yeah. it should be what happened. Like they, they didn't treat me like I was an idiot. <laughs> Let me put it that way. They're like, yes, yeah. that's a thing we do. So. Yeah, uh, let, yeah. Let, let's let's continue the process. So you can do that if you book with your Chase Sapphire or your Amex Gold. And even if you get fewer points, even if you're spending more cash than points, uh, it can be a real lifesaver if shit goes sideways. That's awesome. That's a great. I think we should end on that. But let me give you back the uh, the uh, the segue. Do you uh, on you have a website where you explain this kind of stuff? Which which cards do the our, best thing? Our main our our main. Uh, Avenue for that kind of advice is the YouTube channel. So you look okay. up tra- you look up travel punks on YouTube, and you'll find uh, a bunch of advice about different travel rewards credit cards, how to use them the best, how to not get in trouble because credit cards can be a source of misery if you use them wrong, uh, and uh, tips for guarding and improving your credit score, which will make all of these techniques easier. Uh, and how you can actually have a better credit score through liberal credit card use than you can totally. through being stingy and never having a credit card like Dave Ramsey. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Very, very good. That, that, that's the kind of resource that travelers also need to do their homework with before they leave. Absolutely. I'm more we're, pretty, a, we're pretty entertaining. <laughs> yep. I'm more of a, when, while you're going, that's what I care about, what you're carrying. Uh-huh. So a lot of travel writers are all about, oh, and then go to this restaurant or this Vista or whatever. Right. And you're, you're kind of the homework and the how to finance it and get it there. Exactly. Cool. Have cool. the best Good experience job. possible. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Tice, nice. it was so nice 
talking to you. We could talk forever, obviously. And so we should do another podcast sometime. Yep. Yep. And if this was normal times and soon it will be right. I mean, we're going to get back to this. Oh yeah. We like, I would be like, Hey man, I'm going to come to Austin. We're going to go drinking and dancing. You're welcome. so, or, come, or well, we're, person, we're, we're supposed to tell Californians not to come to Austin, so <laughs> don't come to but Austin, but weekend, come to Austin, weekend, come to Austin. It's dope money. here. Yeah. 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 Cool, cool. And I can show you there, there is some positive aspects to being out in the woods in a yurt for a day or two. Yeah. So. Maybe I'll take you up on that. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, Tyson, cool, thank you so much. It's great talking to you. I'm going to yeah, shut this down. Super now. Great. Hold on.